Welcome to Get Hired in Cybersecurity with your host, Io Adiojo. Need more help getting into cybersecurity? Check out my website at gethiredincybersecurity.com and follow me on LinkedIn for more tips. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Get Hired in Cybersecurity. Today, we have a special guest, Henri Davis, cybersecurity professional, also the CEO of Tactual Consulting, where he does career coaching for cybersecurity professionals and also a content creator with a YouTube channel titled Textual Chatter, where he talks about tips about getting into cybersecurity and what you should look out for. Henri, thank you so much for your time today. How are you doing? Uh, first of all, man, thank you for having me today. And uh, it's, it's another Monday, uh, so I'm making it. I'm making it. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, I guess one thing I want to ask is, uh, can you tell us a bit about yourself for our guests and you know how you got into cybersecurity? A sure thing. So I have around, if I factor in college and now, I'm very close to about 10 years altogether experience. Um, IT, like my last five years being more centralized in cybersecurity. I did everything. I started with help desk. I worked at NOP. I was a threat, a SOC analyst and threat analyst, which is a fancy term for working in a SOC. I was a lead threat analyst. And now I am incident response I'm, well, I'm in incident response with the risk team that I guess we also could say I'm focused on GRC a lot but I, I mean I got a lot of different responsibilities there but besides my professional career I am a content creator I recently just dropped the ebook I'm dropping podcasts videos I'm dropping whatever I mean pretty much I'm, I'm like a buffet right now I'm dropping everything and yeah, let's get into some more because I could I could talk your ear off. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So yeah, I guess let's get right into it. Can you talk to us more about your ebook? What inspired you to create it, and, and what's in there? Sure thing. So what actually inspired me to create it was the fact that I realized. So before I actually made this company official, I was still helping people. And then when I made it official, and I started posting, I'm um, doing my consultations. I realized the trend my consultations that most of everyone were asking me the same things so I was like hmm and it got to be sometimes where I maybe had three or four consultations sometimes on a day that I possibly was working to so I was like man this is getting kind of tough to keep up with I'm probably not skilled enough to do handle all this I was like what can I do to still help people out you know something beneficial for them and that's when at first I was going with a course which still it's in the works. It'll be a little bit more intricate, but I say, you know what? Let me start with the ebook first because I had already started on the course material and then I just kind of went through it for a couple of months and back and forth with it. And I, I made it as if you, not you, let's say a, a listener came to me and they wanted to either book a subscription or they wanted to have a couple of calls. So it's as if you probably had three or four calls with me to where I kind of go from the beginning to how to figure out your path, how to brand yourself, job searching, resume tips, how to reach out to recruiters, networking. Even I throw in a little bit about negotiating your salary and I, I throw in some bonus content. And like, you know, once you get the job, you know, how do you stand out? So I, I accommodate, I put a lot of that in there, you know, just to give anybody who's either trying to transition to cybersecurity or it's one of the first roles you're trying to get to pretty much give you kind of a leg up 
on your career so you could be successful. And so far, I've gotten good reviews on it. And most of the, a lot of things I posted like were things that I did three years ago. And even some of the things I still did in today's terms when I would actually be on the office and looking for jobs. So I put proof of my methods working. I'll just put it like that. Excellent. Excellent. And I guess for our listeners, what are some of the same questions that you hear time and time again from uh, people who um, you consult with? They wouldn't know. Well, I asked them, hey, what do you want to do? They wouldn't know. So they didn't really research the roles, skills they needed to do. They didn't really, they weren't active on LinkedIn or any other social media site. Sometimes I've seen them have one type of job description. Let's say, for instance, they were help desk, but since they're trying to get a security job, they changed to a security specialist. But the job obviously shows that it's help desk work. I'm trying to think of some other stuff because <laughs> it is off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, I would say I would say it's a lot. I think one of the biggest things was the fact that um, when it came to certain people, how to figure out their interests and what role could possibly benefit them. So I think that's a big one. I think I've seen people like actually enjoy the fact that I kind of, in a, a short and sweet way, I go through like, hey, you know, kind of pay attention to kind of what you would want to do at a job or personal interest to see if you can find a job description that aligns with that. Look up, you know, research with Google's a good tool. Then, you know, now we have YouTube. We have YouTubers everywhere doing day in the life videos, which is, you know, perfect because now you can see oh hmm hey i want to be a uh i want to do red team let me see what a penetration tester does so you type in a day in the life of penetration test nine times out of ten you'll see a video and you can say that's interesting or i don't know if i'm like that so it's kind of some of the simple things but yet they're so effective of showing people in this job market on how to start their career yeah excellent answer Henri. and then one thing i want to add to is that uh, you know, so, someone told me this a while back, one of the partners at my firm, is that uh, one of the best things you could do for your career is just be be yourself. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's really speaking to me now when you, when, it, when you talk about connecting someone's personal interests to what's out there in the field. And I think a lot of candidates have it backwards where they believe they have to change themselves or be someone who they're not. Uh, you know, a prime example would be, you know, if you love talking to people and... Um, you know, enrolling people in a certain vision, right? You might not want to get into penetration testing. That's very logical. And, uh, you know, you're talking a lot about, you know, you're talking technical terms all the time and a a huge roadblock and even point of, of where people give up is that they try to fit themselves into a mold that they're not made for. And um, it's a tough reality, but you know, it's it's really better to go with the grain or, you know, with the flow in terms of what works best. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that even our listeners might understand how important that this aspect of it is so much so that it's something that you see on a consistent basis. Right. Uh, so, definitely. Yeah. I see it all the time with uh, you have people, like you said, trying to they're they're a circle a circle block but they're trying to go in a square hole and they're doing it because they're influenced by outside things like if you're on Twitter most of the talk on Twitter is oh get in tech and you'll you know make six figures which can be eventually true however that's not going to be the case for most people starting off so 
they're attracted to these roles that people are throwing out there, but those roles don't suit them. Just like you brought up someone who likes to interact and talk with people. I actually just had a client we met what, a couple of days ago. And she was like, yeah, I was doing this technical stuff and this and that. But you know what? I really miss when I was teaching people, um, helping them prepare for certifications. And it was giving me a little bit of that background. So there's a role for that in cybersecurity as well. You know, you can teach security awareness or you can teach other training or you can work with a, a certain software where you come in for training and you actually get to talk to people. It's a, I think they got roles like product managers and anything with your, with your soft skills you know, can be useful. And I think I don't, a lot of people kind of downplay how important soft skills are in this role or these roles, because truth be told, those are what you need to get things done. Especially if you're trying to push something, you know, enterprise wide, you need to push that. I mean, you need to use those skills to get upper level management to buy into the vision. If you can't, you know, communicate that effectively, then, you know, you'll just be spinning your wheels going nowhere. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. One, one, of, one of the things that I, I truly believe is that we're all, we're all salespeople or marketers in our roles because we're always kind of selling a follow-up, right? Like, for example, um, we might need access to a system to do certain, um, certain things, but another team, you know, requires us to request access, right? So, you know, the follow-up is a, is a key theme in our industry. I'm sure you, you'd agree. Or have been through certain situations where you know you have to constantly keep tabs on your conversations and discussions, and a lot of the work done in cybersecurity is it's verbal. It's, um, it's you know communication is a huge part of the work, uh, depending on how large the organization is, and you know even if you work for an MSSP or or even within the organization, you know communicating with key stakeholders, uh, having those soft skills is very very important, like you said. Definitely, and you know not to go on a tirade, but. I recently just started a different position and I'm having to use not the so much the technical skills, but I'm having to use my, my soft skills to reach out to all these different people and, and figure out what are our pain points in the organization or, you know, what is this department working on? What are the, what are they working on? What is our vision as a whole? So I can take notes and see exactly, you know, what it is for me that they need me to do once this time I get done with all this training and other stuff they have me doing. And that's, you know, one of the important things that you have to do whenever you start somewhere new, because in this situation, it's not like it's not a typical onboarding. It's almost like I'm going to compare it to like this. You walk into the mall, you see all these different stores. That's kind of how it is. So I'm having to go to the the uh, directory, go to the directory and I'm looking up different stores. So I'm looking up different department heads to say, OK, oh, you do over detections. Okay, you're over threat hunting. No, you're over automation. You're over engineering. You're over risk. You're over this. I'm looking up all these different people, and I'm scheduling out time to meet with them. So, in order so I could do my job effectively. Yeah, yeah. Well said. It's it's a, definitely a key component. And I guess one of the questions I had for you is, um, how, how does one kind of balance the the need to improve those soft skills? Because, like you said, um, you know, if you're working at anywhere new. You know, regardless of um, what you might know beforehand, uh, it, it's very important to know who's who, and and you know the key stakeholders that you work you'll be working with. So, what are some of the things that I guess new uh, professionals might face or have to, or what can they do to improve their soft skills uh, 
um, whether even at their current role now that might not be cybersecurity or if they're looking to get in. You know what? I would actually like the credit help desk with me. Well, it's two things. Help desk and I also throughout college and before I got my first help desk role, I worked at Target. So customer facing roles that had me talk to people all day and you know, you can't just talk to them anyway. I was able to, like, even for example, help desk. I was able to talk to someone and within five seconds, I'm able to determine how do I approach, you know, to get the right information out of them because this person is upset. And I know they're not upset at me. They're upset that they can't do whatever they need to do and they called in or figuring out how to ask the right questions. Uh, so if I was to tell someone to, to honestly get better, I would honestly say it's going to sound like simple, but I'll say probably just start. I've worked in organizations where some people don't speak up at all. And it's probably why those soft skills don't progress. Whereas if you just volunteer and there are probably books on this too. I'm glad you asked me this. This is this makes me want to do like a video topic on it. But I'll actually say probably do some research on it because I also know some people are introverted. So they aren't necessarily going to have, you know, the best soft, not, I want to say you can't have good scholarships of being an introvert because that would be wrong. But I would say they possibly aren't going to be the person that reaches out to everyone. They probably can reply great when someone asks them a, a direct question. But as far as them being the offensive person to reach out to different people, they may not be good at that. So I won't necessarily say that's a soft skill trait. That might be a different type of trait for us when it comes to that part. But all in all, I really would just say, look up how to increase your soft skills or not increase, but how to make your soft skills better. Practice with people. See what type of reactions you get out of people um, when you use. And I'm going to throw this term in here. This will probably help with your soft skills. Learn about emotional intelligence. If you learn about emotional intelligence, then I believe your soft skills will improve drastically. Well said, well said. And yeah, I definitely like you credit much of my ability to speak with others. I've had to help this girl's, uh, that was one of my first roles. Uh, I had an internship at a, at a help desk and I worked at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, <laughs> driving people around and, you know, stuck in cars with them for 20, 30, 40 minutes sometimes. And, you know, you <laughs> sometimes you talk, sometimes you don't, right? You read the room and um, it's a really valuable experience. Um, and I think that speaks to something too, where, a lot of, I kind of want to follow up on this. A lot of people don't believe that their prior experiences can be leveraged um, for future roles in cybersecurity. But we just kind of found out here that, you know, you working at Target, my experience at Enterprise Rent-A-Car assisted in the in our success in our current roles too. Um, so that's definitely a roadblock I see candidates have is where they, they literally feel like they're starting from ground zero when they might be on the second or third floor, so to speak, on that journey. Definitely. Um, and that's the thing with, with with all this. Well, you can ask the questions because I probably spent a go into something that you're going to ask me later. But when we're talking about these soft skills with, with everyone, uh, not really, you know, not really pushing those out there like that, like kind of showing people in an interview that, you know, they're soft skills because truth be told, first and foremost, you're a person before your skill set. 
So if you're interviewing or if you're listening to this right now, that interviewer is also looking at your personality and how you're going to interact with everyone on the team. So don't downplay that. Don't think that how smart you are, what you know how to do is so much more important than how you treat people or how you would get along with the team because you could be super smart but have a horrible attitude and they pass on you. Yeah, yeah, well said. Um, you know, it, it's, it's something that, it's an attitude that I think uh, new candidates kind of sometimes miss out on when walking into interviews where they really are focused on getting the questions right. And, you know, they're just, you know, they know they're going to train you. And uh, to be to be honest, you know, for the first six months of that new role, you're going to be uh, learning anyways, right? Especially if you're new. So they're not really expecting you to be a jack of all trades. So, yeah, well said. Um, I guess one other question is, uh, yeah, what, what's it like working with you? You know, when someone and, uh, visits your site or books a consultation with you, um, what's you, what's the process like? And do you have any examples of, you know, candidates that, that have worked with you in the past? Uh, sure thing. So the, the first thing, first thing people can do is if they go on my website, I have a spot for reviews. It kind of gives you an insight on how I, I am also with my YouTube channel. You kind of get a feeling for me because I've had clients pick me and say, Hey, I picked to have a consultation or work with you because you're direct and you're going to tell me the truth. So what it's like working with me is that I'm not going to coddle you. I am going to say things to you in a way that kind of resonate with you to let you know that. But I'm also going to be you know, straightforward. With you. I'm not going to tell you if I see that you on the cusp of like having a good entry level skill set. I'm not going to say, oh, you're you're senior level you know, ready those type of jobs now if you apply and they give it to you cool but i'm not going to uh, boost your head up i don't typically lead with you know joining me you're going to get you know x amount of money matter of fact i don't promise anyone a job if they come work with me because i can't promise that i'm not in control of you know who hires i can promise that you'll be more successful in your interviews and your job search your resume will be better your networking skills will be better your linkedin will be better your social presence will be better. Pretty much, I can promise that that will all be better if you decide to put in the work. I've had clients from, I was uh, telling you earlier, I had a couple of clients where one guy was in like a desktop position and he booked uh, coaching with me for about, really supposed to be for a month. But within that week and a half, we worked so hard from day one, he ended up getting a soccer role that next week and got offered and uh he's actually doing very good now i just talked to him a couple of days ago but then this next one i'm bringing up let me see he did i think we might have been two or three weeks he got a sock position and we just were working i helped him out with some some questioning because what i found out is a lot of the candidates are can grasp material but when it comes to certain roles they haven't researched enough far as I'm, I guess you could say it's hard to say how to think like them but in a sense you know look up some things that someone would typically deal with on that role and therefore they know how to answer A, B, C, D like choice answers but some of them get stuck on scenario based questions because they didn't look that deep into what could you actually face in their role so I, I help with, with stuff like that I think branding is like the biggest thing some of my clients are shy but when I get them to actually, I say, hey, trust me, just do this. And I always, you know, pivot back to me. Like when I started branding myself from 
what was that last summer i think maybe or before that to now it's like been a huge like i'm getting all different type of opportunities that i was not getting before so i branding myself so if i'm able to always use myself as an example it always helps my clients go to the next level and then recently i had a client we had a talk one of the first things i said hey I noticed right away their resume was geared around they I think researching and they were writing. I say, you're very detailed and you like to write. You should start a blog. Within 30 minutes of getting off the phone with her or a Zoom call with her, she had started her blog, actually tagged me on Twitter. Uh, and as I think her blog is really more so based on like GRC stuff. And I think that article specifically was about, you know, why information security is needed in healthcare and now we're in we're not even finished with december she's just got off of the remote role making double what she was making on top of getting stock options at a company so i can also see what clients will be successful eventually because they are ready to put the work in and i can't say now i can tell you you put the work in i'm not gonna say it's gonna happen as fast or slow for them but I will say it will eventually happen. Everybody's course and career will be different. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, it's, that's a really great summary of, of, you know, what it's like to work with you and, and just, I guess, uh, you know, the eye you have for bringing the best out of, uh, you know, your coaches and, and those that work with you. Um, you know, that example of uh, you know, that person you saw who had a well-written resume uh, encouraging them to, to, to do a blog and, and you know some people do need that encouragement and, and that voice of reason in, in regards to how they can leverage who they are and we talked about that before who they are um, to, to their advantage instead of trying to fix who they are to fit a certain uh, to fit a circle into a square peg right definitely uh, and you awesome. know maybe with interviews I know for a fact they're trying to also see, you know, what makes you different? What makes you stand out? So when you do all these extra things, most other candidates aren't going to be doing those things. That's going to make you stand out as well. Yeah, I guess to, to follow up on that, what can you know, our listeners who are listening now do to really um, rise above their competition? Because one thing that um, I think is being forgotten is that, you know, we all we all are competing to some degree with each other. Um, you know, definitely not pushing each other down or anything, but competition is a major part of the job market. And, um, you know, I, I wish it was come by, uh, <laughs> you know, let's all go, but you know, someone's going to get the role and a couple people aren't, right? It's just the nature of the game. So what can our listeners do to really be competitive um, in today's job market, especially for beginners? The biggest thing I would tell a beginner to do is network, network, network. I made a comparison telling someone i mean most people don't know about boxing but for example we have a heavyweight fighter named deontay wilder who does not have the best boxing skill but he has a right hand that's an equalizer i call networking your equalizer networking can get you in the doors all your certs and degrees and everything else can get you in just because you know someone like imagining your cousin or someone is friends with uh elon musk and you pretty much say, hey, I need, uh, no, my, my friend, he does this and he needs a job at Tesla. It's nothing, you know, if you know the man, <laughs> you're above everybody else just because they trust people that they already know. But so number one, I would say network. Number two, 
I would say also this kind of goes into networking as well because they can help you with it, brand yourself. And that starts with you got Twitter's becoming really good now with it. LinkedIn, make engaging posts, comment on different posts you're interested in, thought provoking comments. Uh, if it's something you learn, you know, do a great post about it. You never know. Whether you think it's small, I mean, whether you think it's something simple or advanced. Hiring managers, teammates, everyone is on there. You never know who will see what you what you wrote. And they're looking at it and say, okay, I like how that person thinks. You can also do projects. Projects is like a big one. And I do see issues sometimes with projects. Sometimes people just have the regular labs or something they did to study for a certain, which is fine. It's okay. But I can tell you in the real world, it's not going to be how those labs work. I would suggest that you learn the material good enough to after you do those labs, you create your own little project and you put it on your resume and that's going to show passion. That's going to show your zeal because I've been in interviews with plenty of times. I say, well, why do you, you know, want to be in cybersecurity or what keeps you going or how you stay up to date or what, what, what projects or something have you worked on outside? Like they ask all those different type of questions because to the, can't even think of the word I want to say, but the thing that I, in cybersecurity is it's ever changing. So a lot of companies don't want to necessarily hire someone who's kind of just showing up for a check, only because that person gets complacent and then stuffs happen. Whereas if you really want to do this, you're going to be dedicated to always upgrading your skill set or staying knowledgeable on things because you want to have a job <laughs> but you also want to protect the information that you're you know you hired to secure because it you know we were and there's a big exploit out right now that now people are going to be doing research and just research on this for a while to where okay how can we mitigate this in the future what other exploits are out there that we don't know of so you can't just say uh, forget about it we'll be okay if you say that you know everyone might be you know, open to work on LinkedIn tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, yeah, there, there is this huge escalate out today. And depending on when this episode comes out, you will definitely know about it. But um, yeah, that, that's uh, it's, it's quite a it's quite a day to day in the cybersecurity world. Um, it's almost like COVID hit again on, on, online with how it's looking. And um, I guess these events are going to be more common in the future. And um I definitely wasn't around for the wanna cry that happened. I was in school, but uh, I've definitely seen this one here. So excellent. Um, yeah, I know you talked about branding and networking being the great e equalizer. I love the reference you used with uh, Deontay Wilder. Um, you know, again, not the best skilled, but you know, has a, a right punch that uh, will, will level the playing field for sure. And um, yeah, I guess to add on to that, only. Only 2% of people use LinkedIn, and I'm guessing fewer use uh, other um, social media tools to promote themselves and brand themselves rather than just can kind of consume like, um, you know, what many are doing. So uh, that's that's great you bring up is uh, just the power of branding. And it costs, it doesn't cost much or it doesn't cost anything, just time. Definitely just time. And companies are looking for leaders. So you taking that step or possibly if you want to be on that track, you could be a leader at a company. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. And um, even at a company, I, somebody told me this, but 
if you got referred to the company, um, they'll add an extra five points on the rubric. Like uh, they have like a scoring rubric for your resume and interviews, and they'll add an extra five points um, for that when they're when they're deciding on who to bring forward or move forward. So wow, you know, I never knew that. Yeah, it, it definitely puts points on the board if there's a contact there. If you can bring a name. And I also like to ask, since you brought up being referred, if someone refers you and you do get hired, please do your job very well because you are a representation of the person that referred you. And if you make them look bad, then they'll never take any of their referrals seriously again. Yeah. Yeah. This is a very, very, very important. And and this is why if you reach out to... (laughs) on rear me you know we won't be quick to send your resume off it's not that we don't want to help you but you know can't have that you know can't be looking bad so it's 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 um i know a lot of people might be wondering like why does anyone want to refer me it's because that's the whole networking piece we got to know you got to trust you and um i i this topic you talk this there's this topic you talked about on your YouTube channel, um, textual chatter um, about just uh, really uh, putting the time and money in to get where you want to go. And I I don't think it was necessarily about um, you know spending thousands of dollars, but really just paying the cost to be the boss. Can, can you speak more towards that and kind of what you meant by um, that video? Yeah, sure thing. You'll have people, I'm not going to go super long on this because I can go in on this. So it's a couple of things. For example, uh, I'll ask you a question right now, right? If you go to the dealership lot, would you go complain about the price of a G-Wagon? A G-Wagon? No, I wouldn't. (laughs) Exactly, because people are going to buy the people see the value in the G-Wagon. So people, a lot of times people try to bash like content creators or coaches for charging and not realizing like, hey, you know, you don't do this anywhere else. You're going to pay what you for what you value. It's it's very crazy. You have people who don't want to pay anything. Let's say, for instance, most of the people that I know that do this did some type of schooling. Right. So a lot of us paid way more than what we charge the average person to help them out. And sometimes they have problems paying that, which is fine. Whoever pays for me, pays for me. I'm, I don't really complain about that, but I, I saw a lot of talk about it on Twitter. And I was like, you know, this is ridiculous. It's a lot of people that will say this. Oh, well, you don't got to pay for anything. It's stuff on YouTube and Google. Yeah, but that stuff isn't put in a, in a format to help someone succeed. You'll be trying to piece, piece stuff together all the time and still be in the same situation. Whereas just pay for the help of somebody who's been vetted who's actually in the industry you can look at their reviews and you just get a good vibe from you'll be better off because you got to think about it. it's like even just with me having clients they also become part of my network now so a lot of times i'll ask recruiters if they recently for a role i say hey you got any senior level i mean entry level roles uh, I, I have some clients that you know that would be very good at this. and i've referred some people and I've got some people on like that but so it's also that so if I go back into the people I brought up 
And right now, and listen, I've told everybody they've been getting me at a premium because I'm going to do some market research because I know I'm underpricing myself. But I, I really did. I did all this to help people, which I still will be fairly priced. So take example. Before I changed my price point before, it was really the same thing, but now it's like you pay one price for like three months. The first guy that went from the desktop to the soccer roll paid 30 bucks for the for the coaching for the month and ended up doubling his salary. And I didn't I in the video I didn't put what the return of that was, but you know, you do the math. Some people won't pay 30 bucks for that. Then the the woman who doubled her salary with the remote roll only paid a hundred bucks and got way more than a hundred bucks worth of value from me. And so it goes into what do you really value? Do you do you just want to focus on the money or do you see on down the line and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I spent that 100, 500, maybe a thousand bucks, whatever they spent. But look how much I got from a year over year. Yeah, I made, you know, my return on income is great. It's better than someone who went and spent $40,000 in school I don't think that's the that's not something that people are seeing. I think people just sometimes and, you know, for me, I always have to keep being honest. I think. I'm going to say it'd be like our own people see when we do something, they feel like we should just be giving our stuff away for free, helping everyone else out or asking for discount when it comes to others. They don't do that. And it's not right because in the day you're paying for my expertise and my time. Time is the biggest thing that I can't get back. That's what you're really paying for. <laughs> and I don't think they understand. Like, you know, I, I spend a lot of time doing a whole bunch of different things. It, I mean, I like helping people, but sometimes I must be rather doing something else. Or, you know, you like resumes. I sh- would much rather be doing something else than doing your resume. But you're getting a very good deal. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't yeah, realize it. Yeah, we might have to go in on this one because I, I know you said you didn't want to go in, but this is very important. Like, oh, go in. Yeah, yeah. Th- this isn't what what Arnie's talking about in terms of paying, right? It's twofold, right? The other person, right? Think think about, you know, how busy someone like Henri is. Being he, he's a he's a manager at a top financial institution, right? Um, you know, has a family. So the, so let's not say oh he's charging money and this and that. No. What are the things that he could rather be doing to one even benefit his his life, his family's life? And what's the value of taking time out Henri's day to help you? And it, it baffles me that the thought should be that it should be free. Like it, it it's okay if it is, but on a consistent basis to for you to do this long term. It's, it's highly unlikely because we just don't have that time to spare. Definitely. And, and that's know? what and what I always what I tend to do when people reach out to me, I say, hey, go check out my blogs, go check out my YouTube. I always direct people like that first. So I'm like, because one thing say, I'm not just trying to get your money. Uh, and I really do want to help you. So if my free stuff doesn't help you, come back to me. So I, I do that first for them because truth be told, honestly, I'm probably not a coach for everybody. Like I do have a low tolerance for excuses and coming. If you want me to just do every, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. That's why I have disclaimers and all the different things you can see on my my site for that very reason. I took all this. I don't think people. I'm, let me let me back up. I took this very seriously. I have a lawyer. I've gotten a lot of stuff done and, and drawn up to take this seriously and you know protect myself. 
but to also let people know that, you know, I'm taking it seriously. You know, it costs for me to run my website, have my different accounts to use my different tool. All that stuff costs. It's not free. <laughs> and I don't think, you know, they don't understand it. I, even if still, I want to implement some more things, like if I want to do, you know, a bigger course, like that stuff is not free. And I need money to do certain things so I can give you a good product. <laughs> so, and then this is the last one. This is the funny thing. Uh, my friends and I, we typically laugh about this because we're in the business of helping people. You'll not want to pay, but you still got to pay to take that certification or you still got to pay to get that study guide. Then after you get that, where does that get you? Because you can't just say, oh, I, I just got my got my sec plus. I got my CCNA. Hire me. They gonna say so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I love to say this, you know, we pay so much to learn things, but we, we won't pay anything else to learn how to use what we learn. So you have people that spend twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars on an education and won't won't pay somebody thirty dollars <laughs> to find out how to use that education to the to the to its highest potential, which is it's just it's something else to me, but to each their own. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and 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 this is this is the realm, and, and you know what? I'll go as far as to say, you know. There's a, there's a realm of professional development that's capped on things you can find for free. You can get far, but, you know, if you want to be a high performing professional, um, you might have to uh, pay the cost to be the boss, so to speak, in terms of getting these secrets or, you know, knowledge to accelerate your career and, and fast track it. And like you said, Henri, you know, someone paid $30 and got, you know, a, a double pay or in their pay right so this this scales all the way up with many things fitness um business anything just just having that mindset uh you know it's 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 helpful because that's what your competition's doing watch yeah yeah i was gonna say this is gonna be the last point like if you're listening have you ever wondered why you see certain a lot of these rich people buy certain watches certain clothes certain cars simple to attract other like-minded individuals to network. If you're at a bar and you have a Rolex and you're there without enough people, someone's like, oh, that's a nice watch. What do you do? I do so-and-so. What do you do? I do. And that, you know, it just costs you networking. So you might think, man, you might be on the outside looking, why would somebody spend $15,000 on a watch and then realizing, hey, the watch helped them meet somebody who helped them make $300,000. So you just got to open your, your mind and think a little bit. It's like, hey, I have to spend something to get to my greater goal. Yeah, it's going to cost. It's going to cost one way or the other, either in the front end or the back end. But it's going to cost. Um, and yeah, that's that's definitely a, a, a good point. And I, I, d- I definitely wanted to touch on that because um, I think it's something that's holding, you know, a lot of a lot of people back, just investing in their futures really just investing in the futures and um you know the return might not be immediate but there is there is that bank account that we have where we put money into and time into that that's gonna grow with us too just like the money we put in our 401k so to speak right i mean i tell people all the time uh, in my book i say man i was in help desk two years too long and so i graduated in november of 2013 i didn't get my first security job till march of 2017 so Honestly, I would have paid anything 
to get some help to get where I needed to be back then, which the help really wasn't really available. All it was was go get certs and you're supposed to get it. No. So that's what people, you know, have to realize. I'm here to help them. Would you rather pay, you know, 500 bucks this year and then you get into your role within the end of the year the next year? Or would you rather not pay nothing at all, study for free on YouTube and take four or five years to get there? You And it's an opportunity cost on a salary that you could have potentially had that you lost money out on when you start. Dang, I could have been here faster. So. Oh, yeah. I I, I wrote this down as soon as you t- said it. Opportunity cost. That is. That's the that's the what you would get if you didn't. Basically, it, it costs to quit. It, it costs to not pursue opportunities. <laughs> and uh, yeah, for those who understand it, you know, think really walking through life and having that, you know, knowledge of opportunity cost. What's the cost of not pursuing these opportunities? Because there is a cost to it. And just because it didn't come out your bank account or you're not in debt, you know, there could be some ledger somewhere that tracks all the money you've missed out on for not taking opportunities. Man, and, you know, that'll be that's a big one. Yeah, because I, I just been thinking about the opportunity cost, like, you know, really been thinking about it because it's true. It, it happens for everything in life and people don't really pay attention to it. You know? Yeah. You, you know, it's, a, it's all saying, I said, if you're scared, go to church. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, uh, the the cost of not not pursuing things. Uh you know, it, it, it definitely um, doesn't cross people's minds as, as much as it should. And that could be a huge driving factor in terms of, you know, study, studying and, and getting help, right? What's the cost if this doesn't happen? What are you losing out on? And uh, that's definitely um, not an easy mindset to have, but it can be a very motivating one if it's internalized properly. Right. Now, we'll throw some in here before we get off this topic. There are people... Now, this is very important. There are people that are out here doing this that aren't qualified to do it. And I, and you're probably saying, well, what makes him the person to say that? And what I mean by that is there are people who don't get results, who've never even been in these roles out here trying to overcharge you for things. I can show you uh, this. It's a person Well, they were on Twitter. I stopped following them when I found out they were frauds and I came across their TikTok, looked at their website. It's so egregious, like what they're charging you know, you, you could now the hard part is a lot of people who are trying to get in do not know if somebody's actually getting over on them so your due diligence is to review if you see someone that says they're a career coach in whatever facet try to look up other ones to see if what they say kind of aligns with that see if you can read reviews look them up on linkedin linkedin is like the biggest one and i'm gonna throw something out there a lot of people doesn't say and you do find them on linkedin see if they got any recommendations people that's actually work with them. what do they say about these people that's a that's a real big one because I now I don't like when people get taken advantage of like I have a client and I've asked them they won't tell me and I, I probably understand why they won't tell me who the person was but they say that a, a, a coach or whoever got over on them took like their $2,600 and they haven't heard a word from them right a lot but Knowing that particular client, I know it's three sides to the story, but still, that's still a lot to not get any results from. And, you know, she's only paid, it's not even, you don't even call it a fraction. Like right now, 
well by the time this comes out my prices probably already went up but <laughs> like you know i i i just don't know what to say but yeah i'm, I'm verified my linkedin is everywhere my, my page my youtube my podcast you name it you can find my linkedin on my twitter i have people you know that rock with me that you know stand by me that i'll let you know hey you know he's solid so that's pretty much what i would say about that really be do your due diligence when you are searching for this don't just pick anybody just because they you saw them on tiktok and they said they can help you out it's people that are as things change it's 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 a different way to scam everybody you got people doing fake career coaching you have people doing uh, fake help desk like it, it's a whole bunch of stuff going on that if you're not privy to what really sh- it should be you get taken advantage of so i'll just say be careful in these uh, internet streets <laughs> yeah well said well said yeah it, it's definitely there, there could be echo chambers out there that you get trapped in and next thing you know you know you're sacrificing you know your car to get a uh, or take it out alone to get to pay for something that uh, is useless. So that's definitely something that people are susceptible to. Uh, I guess just rounding out towards, towards the end of the show now. But um, is there any kind of last things you want to you know, tell listeners in ter- that are on their cybersecurity journey and, um, you know, maybe something they should know for sure? Yeah, I mean, I've said it before, but. I will say, depending on where you are, this thing will get better or sometimes it may get worse. And I know that sounds pessimistic, but I, in 2018, you know, from coming on the higher 2017 and landing my first role, the beginning of 2018, you know, I was laid off and I hit rock bottom. But the good thing is when you hit rock bottom, the only way you can go is, you know, up. And since then, I did nothing but go up. And so something like that was necessary in my life for my career progression. I learned so much in that time about myself, about what I do differently in different roles. And then I executed when I got the chance and I've taken everything. And I always, it's a, kind of a bad thing to say because because most people probably deal with this has been laid off, but I always keep it on my back of my mind. That's why I work so hard. And uh, that's why I also tell people how to level up. So you can prove your value while you're at work. Now, I'm not saying you can't still got been let go, you know, when you prove your value, but I will say they'll be, you know, more hesitant to let you go because they got spent a lot of money on talent uh, acquisition to find somebody else and then hire them, train them to be like you. So I, I would say that's one of those things. Uh, I would say also don't compare your journey to anybody else. You've been seeing all these tweets about what they say comparison is the, the theft of joy, or maybe I got that wrong, but. Stay tunnel vision. Your two eyes look, look right here and in front of you. Stay tunnel vision. Now, granted, he said this will probably come out around January. But if you do listen to this now, it's not too late. Write your goals down on paper. I don't know why this works, but it works. I kid you not. The New Year's Eve of 2020, I wrote down just about everything I want to do. And I just about did everything this year. And because they just gave me something to visualize and work towards. So do that. If you want to be in cybersecurity, write it down. If, even better if you know what type of role you want to get. Write down the skills and say, hey, I need to learn Linux. I need to learn Java. I need to learn about SIM. I need to learn about SOAR. Write it down on paper. Typing it out could work too, but it's nothing like 
spelling something out. Um, that's probably a deep conversation that I want to get into one day. <laughs> but that's definitely uh, some tips I say. I also say, like I said, use your LinkedIn, market yourself. Also, Twitter. Twitter. I know people who get job opportunities through Twitter now. Like, I've met a lot of people on my, my Twitter and my YouTube now that uh, help me out to where if I need to possibly get an interview somewhere or work somewhere, I can do that now. So I would not just say LinkedIn is the end all be all. There are other sites where there are like-minded individuals that can help you get a job too. I see them all the time. Someone a hashtag, hey, I want to do this and they get five to seven DMs. So I would just say this journey is what you make it. Work hard, put in the work, don't skip steps. Just focus on the fundamentals. And I promise you, you'll get to where you want to be as long as you apply yourself. If you try to shortcut it, you possibly could get there, but then you won't be able to go up anymore because you didn't work on what you needed to do to sustain your career. So those are things really that some things I, I just want to leave you guys with. Awesome. awesome. Well, well said, Henri. Um, definitely appreciate you, you know, taking your time uh, to be here with us today. Share your knowledge and wisdom on, uh, you know, getting into cybersecurity, what we should look out for, which we, what we should work on, um, you know, what it's like to work with you. Um, where can, uh, you know, our listeners find you and reach out? You can find me on well, my YouTube channel, Textual Chatter. You can also do, if you're following me on any of those or you follow me on social media, my LinkedIn is the same. I mean, not LinkedIn, my Instagram is Textual Consulting. My Twitter is Textual Chatter. Any one of those sites, if you click on the link in my bio, it has access to all my socials. And also, you can listen to me as well, my very own podcast, The Textual Talk. And these guys are like, well, how do I spell textual? You spell it T-E-C-H-T-U-A-L, textual. Then, so if you type that in, it should pop up in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, you name it. You can catch me on there. I'm dropping stuff weekly now. And the goal is to just bring awareness about different tech roles that, you know, you may be interested in. So, yeah, that's how you can uh, keep in contact with me. Excellent. Excellent. I'll make sure to leave a link to those in the description of, of the podcast, to your Twitter, YouTube podcast awesome uh can't wait to give it a listen as well as your twitter um but yeah thanks again uh Henri, for your time today it was a pleasure speaking with you all right take care all right take care now bye